So good morning. Formal good morning. Okay, when we're learning Hemshachayim base, the famous Hemshachayim base, which most people are afraid to touch, first of all, because uh, it's almost like a Mayim Shein Lemsof. The Hemshach goes for over 1400 pages, and even that, the Rebbe Rashab never finished it in writing. Um, I don't know how much background you know about it, but I think it's Kedai to just give a little background about the Hemshech and, uh, and also explain why I think I wanted to learn this, even though this Oman Morimar Choshev and everything is valuable, everything is part of the whole, all of Chassidus. But I'll share why I, learned, I wanted to learn with this Ayin Beis. Um, the Hemshech was always known, even though we didn't have it, we only had just the first, uh, let's say the first, exactly the first 17 Maimodim. Remember, there's 144 Maimodim. And that's without the part, which I'll explain in a moment, that was not uh, delivered. So we had the first 17 Maimodim in Kupir. You know, Kupir is the way it was, Chassidim uh, learned it, it wasn't published yet officially. It was published like typed letters. You may have seen. Uh, Svarim, the Rebbe was the one that really started publishing him. Until Tavshin Lamed Zayin, Yutas Kislev, the same Fabrengen I mentioned, where the Rebbe spoke about Mashpim, there was a big surprise in that Fabrengen, where the Rebbe said, right after the, the same Sikh about Mashpim, he said, we're gonna, that I always was bothered. I'm chazing Pasha the Sikh from the Rebbe. Um, that the Rebbe said, I was always bothered by something for many years. And uh, obviously, everybody was extremely intrigued to know what the Rebbe was going to say. And the Rebbe said that when the Shver, the Fidik Rebbe, was traveling, he had to leave Russia. And then Europe was a whole upheavals. So when he was traveling, he gave me copies. He Not copies. He gave me the original manuscripts of the Rebbe Rashab, his father's writings. Remember that Abayim, in most cases, didn't just uh, deliver the Maimorim but they also wrote them. The, the interesting uniqueness is only the Alta Rebbe and the Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe specifically is almost everything Bidibu. The Rebbe didn't write much. He didn't write Sikhs, he didn't write Mamorim. Uh, letters the Rebbe wrote, but and answers, Rishimus. But most of the Rebbe is completely Balpeh, and Manichim wrote it. The Alta Rebbe, except Tanya, Alta Rebbe didn't write. Tere, look at the Tere, all the Mamorim of the Alta Rebbe, the Alta Rebbe delivered, Manichim wrote. Uh, Rebbe Rashab, on the other hand, same thing with the Mitla Rebbe, some Tzedek, Rebbe Marash, Rebbe Rashab, the Fidik Rebbe, delivered my modem and wrote. Actually, they wrote more than they delivered even. So there's a, ma- a massive amount of manuscripts in the Rebbe's library, library of Agudas Chabad. So the Rebbe said, the Fidik Rebbe gave him manuscripts of the Rebbe Rashab. He says, among the manuscripts was Hemshachayim Beis, Hayudua. So the Rebbe said, um, that, that immediately, he didn't know how long it was going to remain by him, but he right away went and made copies of everything. And the Rebbe even brought from Halach, he said, because in Halach it says, if someone gives you to watch, to be ashamed over a manuscript or svarim, you're not supposed to look into them. You're not supposed to have an awe from them. You're just ashamed. Except there's one condition in Halach. If the, if the person who's ashamed is a Tamil Chachem, so the person who gave it to him, um, therefore knows that he's going to look into it. So mainly you're not, you're not in any way, there's no Gnevis Das, etc. The Rebbe said, the Rebbe said, I'm not going to say that I am that, 
But one thing I could say that the Shver for sure knew, the physical Rebbe knew, that if he gave me something, I'm definitely going to, uh, some, one, one, one point, learn it and be mefarsim it. So Bameil, it wasn't a problem to do that. He made the copies. So the Rebbe said, when, when what will happen? And the Poel Mamash, he gave back the manuscripts to the physical Rebbe, I believe. And but the copies remained by the Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, these copies of Ayan Beis have remained with me till this day. What's the dilemma? Chassidus was meant to spread it, to publish and to learn it and so on. But here's a problem. Here, the Hemshech Hayim Beis, and this is the mysterious part that till this day we don't really understand. The Rebbe said, the Hemshech Hayim Beis, for different reasons, connected to Sakona. Those are the Rebbe words. The Rebbe's words. Connected to Sakona. I actually even have a copy of the Sikh here if anybody wants to copy it. Connected to Sakona. Um, it wasn't published. So on one hand, I had it. No, not in the new one. Not, it's in the older edition. In mine, mine, I just have a copy in the front. Also. I could show it to you afterwards. Um, so on one hand, I had it. On the other hand, I didn't want to take the Achrayis to publish it. Now, why I am Beis and not other Hemshechim and other Maimarim, everything else that ever did publish? So the Rebbe said, this has been bothering me all these years. So I came up with Hamtza. This is what we're going to do, the Rebbe said. I'm going to throw it to Chassidim, the manuscripts, meaning the it'll be published as a, a shutfis of all of us. Everyone will give one dollar, not more, not less. It's not for the money. It's just that everybody takes chreis together. There'll be no name. It will not be signed like a regular Pesach Dovot. In, in all the Maimorim, you'll see a sign. Look at this Hagdama. And you'll see, and there's no signature. Look at any other sefer, you'll see there's a chassim. It's a chassidim in early years that ever wrote his name. Here there's, there's no names. The Rebbe says, I'll throw it into chassidim. And, uh, and that way it will be published and it's on everybody's achrayis. And you'll see, this is only sefer, only hamshachayim. So of course, you know what kind of rash it made. I remember I was a bach, I was 20 years old then. It was such a, a gilu. And we were wondering, I remember I went to Rabbi Groner, I went to ask, what was the Sakana? Everyone said, till now we thought there was just not enough money to publish it. And one of the Suddhas that ever said that if someone has money, that I think Rabbi Simpson and other Chassidim asked the Rebbe, why don't they publish Ayin Beis? They said, but there's money. But that's what everybody thought. But here was Sakana. Just to, 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 this is already what Chassidim said. A year later, less than a year later, it was the heart attack. The second time Ayan Beis was printed was Tafshinun Beis. A few months later was the stroke. So people said that maybe that's connected, maybe not. Now, I'm not going to go out. I want to learn it inside, and obviously, but I think it's good to understand what we're learning here. So no, Chaz Shalom is not a Sakana to learn Ayan Beis. First of all, the way we learn it, I wouldn't be worried. Uh, and I guess if there was that, no, if you really know how to learn. Secondly, the Rebbe still did it. He didn't... Uh, Remember the Alter Rebbe also, Pella, Yutas Kislev is coming. Alter Rebbe sat in prison, not just beside the Mesira, because Lamaila was a Kitrig. What's the Kitrig? You know, Lamaila Kitrig, if there's Chazrashal and Machlekas by Jews, or the people are not doing the Abish Tavil. Kumta Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe is Megalatayr. For this is a Kitrig Lamaila. You ever think about the Klotzkash? A Kitrig Lamaila to be Megalatayr isn't why the Abish wants us to do is learn Tayr and teach Tayr. Never then, there's a Satcha Kenegit. That the Gilead Chsidis was so powerful that the Satcha Keneged, you know, put up a big resistance. And that was the Kitrik. 
since Gilead is a Chonet Mashiach and has the power to change the world, so of course, Lumaza will come and do everything possible to stop it. So you have to say that Ayim Beis is somewhat connected to that. That's my understanding of Sakon. I, all other Chassidus, the Rebbe Rashab, Samach Vov is not, and, uh, and all the Maimonim of all the Rabbeim, but seemingly Ayim Beis has something about it that is much more powerful and has that element of uh, the ability to... That's how we always touched it, that this Ayim Beis was like the last Shlav of Gilead Chassidus that till then was kept secret. Now the Rebbe had the Hemshech, and the Rebbe said my modem. There's my modem in Tavshin Yud Aleph and Yud Beis and Yud Gimel. That's mamish almost word for word from Ayim Beis. We didn't know it at the time because we didn't have Ayim Beis to compare it to. But if you see how, when you look now, when you look at Ayim Beis, it's the half, half of a fellow, the Rebbe Chazid, Kamat, Ozba Os, and the Chazim, Abiel and the Chazim, repeated Ozba Os, and it's almost like a, almost a copy of Ayim Beis. With Isophis and so on. So this is uh, the, the background a little of Ayim Beis, how the Rebbe was Megala to us. I will just say one more thing. The Rebbe Natsich has said something which uh, maybe also carries some of the power. He said that the Neflois of Ayim Beis is Neflois Afil Gabi the Neflois of Samarvov. The Rebbe's words. Which means Samarvov is always known to be the most Yisaitis, the Kehemshech, and Chesidus. And Samarvov was always available from Tofresh Samarvov. Ayim Beis was not. The Rebbe Rashab said it. But then what he wrote, as I said, remained only by the Rebbe Friedrich Rebbe. No one else had it. There was some Hanochas, but not in the full picture of it. So that's the ace. That's what we're learning. The flores of Phil Legabed and the flores of, of some of them. One more thing I want to share. And I'm not sharing it just time to tell the story about Ayim Beis, but also it sets the stage. So what's in the Sefer here that is in this Hemshech that's so unique that Chassidus and other Chassidus doesn't have? So it's good also to point out like this. The Hemshech was delivered, um, as you know, was the Rebbe Rashad both said it and wrote it. He wrote it first and then said it. We don't know exactly the how much earlier, but he definitely wrote it months before he began to deliver it. The delivery of Ayim Beis began, Ashvuas Tov Reish Ayim Beis. That's why it's called B'Shah Sheikh Dimu Terav. And the equivalent is 1912. So we're talking about exactly 108 years ago, a little more than 108 years ago. Now, we know that he began writing it earlier because uh, Friedrich Rebbe writes in his Shemus and diary that this, the winter, the winters, those years, the Rebbe Rashab, the, order, the doctor's orders were because he wasn't, he was not, he was sickly. He, that in the winter, Lubavitch was very, very cold. Then the winters, the Rebbe Rashab, they told him to go to a warm place near water. And he writes, the Rebbe Rashab writes, that the doctors told him to do that, or the Friedrich Rebbe writes it. So he would go mostly to the south of France. It's always warm, and there's water there. The city, many people may know, Menton was a town. I actually visited it last year because I was in, 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 uh, in Monaco. So it's just a 20-minute drive. So the Chesliach took me there. In Menton, it's the south of France. It's on the water, on the Mediterranean. Yamagadl, Yamatich. And, um, and uh, that's where he would go for the winters. So the story, the famous story that you may know, you've heard the Rebbe Chazadit when he told the Sikh, when he said the Sikh of Kom famous Sikh. So the Rebbe gave a dogma, what Vishokta? How could the Rabbi went and shecht Rabzaid? But he killed him, he murdered him. I'm putting now the whole thing. 
So the Rebbe gave an example that the Rebbe explained, because the Rebbe explained that it wasn't shechita. Shechita is ein v'shachat alo v'moshach. Shechita is more of an aliyah, that he caused him to have klesa nefesh because he was megala primis atere. Rabbe is meloshen rav. Abzeire meloshen zeira small. So he didn't have the kalim for it, so he had klesa nefesh. Now klesa nefesh is misik kapshuti, but it's not with a knife. It was, uh, he caused him to have klesa nefesh. So the Rebbe gave two dugmoyes then in that fabrengen for klesa nefesh. In our time. One was the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe said that it was, it was in Menton, I believe, he says. Yes, Menton. And the Rebbe Rebbe was with him. Friedrich Rebbe writes that he sees the Rebbe Rashab standing in the hotel room. In the, in the room where they were staying. I don't know if it was a hotel room. I, thought, I don't know if it was a hotel. I think in the room they were staying. Actually, I went to the house where we know where the Rebbe Rashab would rent. There's still a out, you still see the carving of where Mezuzah was once. Um, and the Rebbe Rashab was standing... And he was, uh, was being his bainan. So the Fidik Rebbe didn't disturb, obviously. He came back 10 minutes later. The same Maim of the Matzav. Came back an hour later, two hours later. I think seven or eight hours. The Rebbe Rashab did not, not, Lezoz, Mkeme, did not make any move. He was completely absorbed. Fidik Rebbe, of course, didn't want to say anything. But then finally, after those hours, Fidik Rebbe saw that Rebbe Rashab was like coming out of it, so to speak, or whatever trance he was in. Matzav he was in, I don't know if I don't use the word trance, whatever word is the right word to use. And the Friedrich Rebbe, this is the way the Rebbe said it. I remember Bizar Losh, the Rebbe said, at the Rebbe de Shver, had Gizem, at the Tata, at Ungame Fregna Shailas, from the Shailas at the Fashtan, as a Vaishnish in Velchazman and Mokamedis. Friedrich Rebbe realized from the questions the Rebbe Rashab was asking that the Rebbe Rashab was like, did not, did not recognize the time and place he was in. In other words, he was in a different place. So the Fidik Rebbe in a Bakovidik way answered the questions until so-called the Rebbe Rashab reconnected to Elam Haz. That was the, that the Rebbe said. The Rebbe said that was a dogma for Shokh the Rabzeda, the idea of going a race from Kalim, a race from Zman and Mokim. The Rebbe gave another dogma, which is not in the gay here, to the Mojitsa Rebbe when he sang a, a nigan and he was able to uh, deal with the pain of an operation. But I don't want to go there. That's a, that's a, that's a Darachagav. The Rebbe then said, the Yesh Emrim, that he was being misbeinen then on Hemshachayim Beis. Now, for a person, a human being, to, to think for 30 seconds without uh, distraction, we know it's not so easy. Try it out. Uh, this was eight hours. And not a Pella, of course, on a Rebbe, but the Rebbe Rashab, but Ayim Beis. So it adds a whole dimension that Ayim Beis was clearly by the Rebbe Rashab, a major uh, Hemshach, to the point that he was misbeinen on the whole thing. I want to just read to you. I don't know if it's in the back of this volume here. Let me see. Put it in the back of the book. Oh, it's the back, yeah. Okay, I, I am still from the old timers. I have the, the first edition. Well, it's not actually the first edition. It's the second edition. But there's a settle where the Rebbe Rashab writes like this. He writes, he says like this. It's a letter that Rebbe Rashab writes to the Friedrich Rebbe. Tezvov Tevis Ayindalit. So that'll be two years later. In the Be'esha uh, Jose, while he remained in the months, the winter months in Menton, he says, "Le'esata, le'esata, ani osuk b'milui hemshach adrus b'shosh shigdimu, asher mo'oz nusanu me'beisenu gam b'vin gam b'pa, ani osuk b'zeh u'bekerav ayom yugmer mitzvah." So he makes reference to the writing of this hemshach. So he began writing the hemshach somewhere, most likely based on this, between January or let's say Shvat. Which would be winter of uh, Ayin Beis and Shvurs. So that those months is probably when the Rebbe Rashab began to write it. We don't know exactly when, 
But what's fascinating, which I'd like to tell you, is this. When you look at uh, the Ksavyad of the, of the Ayin Beis, and I studied it many times, we have the whole manuscript. Today we have both the copies and the original, because the Friedrich Rebbe library had the original. The Rebbe had the copies. But it's copies of that. Something that, Mamish, you're really going to see something like this. Friedrich Rebbe Rashab, just to show you, here's the first page of the Ksavyad. Okay, I'll show it on, I'll put it here too. Okay, so I have it on record. This is the first page. This is exact exact size. It's not uh, it's not uh, reduced. So he wrote with ink and quill because you can't write like that with a pen. It's mamish as a bit, so it's very tiny. And if you'll notice, you'll not notice any cross-outs. There's no crossing out. I mean, you have one here, but it's never. I don't know if any of you have ever written. I'm a writer, so I can tell you. And the writers, there's no such thing as someone writing pages upon pages without one cross-out. Many times you write, you cross out, you could write a second version, like a Madura Basra. This was writing, even Alta Rebbe, you can see what we have, the Xaviyad, he crosses out, because it's a natural thing. As you write it, then you go back and you fix a word. This, this would mean that the Rebbe Rashab, either his brain was directly connected to his hand, and it was like a flow that he did not have to go back to change anything, or he thought it all through beforehand, before he wrote, which is both of them would be uh, something very rare. But you look, pages upon pages. So he wrote the Hemshech, and he wrote it. Huh? He didn't write it and rewrite it? No, 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 no. He wrote it in one flow, hundreds of pages. We, we see it, you can see it. We, there's no other uh, document. And the Friedrich Rebbe makes no mention, and uh, no, it doesn't uh, look like it. I don't think that's the case. There's nothing that the Rabbeim left uh, that was thrown to Shemus. Everything they had, we have. If they sometimes wrote, Alta Rebbe wrote a Tanya, Madura Kama, and then he added Madura Bas. Everything is preserved. Um, so just to tell you how it was written, so it was written one long flow, okay? And then when the Rebbe Rashab is ready to start delivering it, speaking it, saying it on a Shabbat, like in the first case, Shavuos, then... He added beginnings and ends. So the Maimonim actually are, are made up of two different stages. The first stage is just a flow of ideas that go for pages and pages and pages. If you read it, there's no Tibra Maskal, there's no soft, it just flows. Some of all, by the way, is also the same thing. Most of them are this way. Before he delivered it, could be a week before, could be a month before, he added a beginning and an end. And then that's why you have Yeshla Agdimash Nizbar Il and Olham Sheikhim. Because that's what he wrote when he added the beginnings. He said, to, let's say in this case, Bishar uh, Shik Dimu actually began exactly Bishar Shik Dimu. But just turn to page, for example, Yud Aleph, Eiteir Kesalma. So that first paragraph, Eiteir, was written later. Before, before, before it was said. Then on that, well, that, that's the second night of Shavuos. Then he said it. He wrote it before Shavuos. Then he said it, delivered it. Okay. And uh, he, he wrote a separate book. So there's one, there's one Kuntris that's just the, the Pneum of the Maimorim. Like the Hadugmum and Kolze Yuvan. Then the beginnings and ends, like go to page now, uh, page Yutes. Actually, in this case, no, because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Page your test. See, Vizel Mashakos of Eight Salma was in the second version. 
In other words, now he wrote, he wrote, he wrote where it says on page this and this, add the And then he did it each mimer by mimer. So now you have two contrasts. One is the prim of the mimorim, the other is the beginnings and ends. It's not over. He then gave it to a maitik. It was called a maitik was somebody who's copied it. And he put told them to come combine them now. Turn them into the Rebbe Rashab. It was all directed by the Rebbe Rashab. He gave it to a maitik. If you look in the back of the, the Kisriya, you have all the versions there. He gave it to a maitik who combined both of them together. He took the Dibra Maskal and the end and added those pieces. So now you have a structure of He gave it back to the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab edited and added pieces. It's not over yet. Then comes the next stage. At some point, again, we don't know exactly when, the Rebbe Rashab now gave it Gave it again to Almighty. You had now this new the version of my modem, and then went and added Kitsurim for each and chapters. The my modem didn't have chapters, they were just one long mimer, like in Samagvov. He added chapters, paid a Kalev, paid a Beis, paid a Gimel, and so on. And after each chapter, he added a Kitsurim. So it's a third Kuntras, which is called Kitsurim and Prokim with Kitsurim. And uh, then he gave it, and then he added it again. So we're talking here an investment of at least four or five stages. No other Hemshech, no other Maimarim have that many uh, stages of editing by the Rebbe himself. At the end, I, once he made the Kitsurim and the Prakim, then obviously the next type would be it put it all together and then you have the final what we have now. I don't know if he gave a mighty the Kitsurim and the Prakim. So he didn't continue. That good. But I'll tell We had nothing. No, we only had the first seventeen my modem. I think I think in the Kupir. I don't think so. I don't think this Kitsurim or Prokim. I think it's only my modem. It's only like the first tourish. Okay, now this continued on till Shabbos Pasha Vayeda Tofresh I involve. That was the last. That was the last Shabbos that the Rebbe Rashab was in Lubavitch. Due to World War One, it was then he moved after 101 years of Lubavitch being, 102 years of Lubavitch being in Lubavitch. Rebbe Rashab moved to Rostov. So this would be the equivalent of 1915. Yeah. That was the last moment he would deliver a nine bays. After that, he continued writing. So we have what's called Chelik Shleinemer, the third volume. Now it's not the third volume, the new edition, but it's the third volume. That's only the first version. Only, only a flow without my modem and obviously no kitsurim and no prokim. Just one long hemshech. That first version remains. And that too is not finished completely because there's some questions that he asks and you see he didn't answer. Now, as far as you mentioned, the prokim and the kitsurim stop in Pasha's Truma Tafreshai and Hay. Obviously, that's uh, he didn't continue, didn't have the time, or whatever the reason was. That's where it stops. So after Truma Ayin Hay, it just goes to my modim, without Kitsurim and Prokim, and then comes a section after Vayera I involved and Lay Namar means he never delivered it. It's only written, and it's one long flow. That's some of the structure of Ayin Beis. What 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 I think what I emphasize most is you could see the Chivus. That by the by the Rebbe Rashab, what Ayin Beis was, it was clearly what they call in English the magnum opus. You know, you heard the expression that the Friedrich Rebbe brings, uh, the name of the Rashbats, 
that the Rambam was the, that the Rabbi Rasha was the Rambam of Chassidus. And everybody wonders, what does that mean exactly? And where do you see Rambam in the, in the, Ram, in the Rabbi Rasha? You see Amkus. And I would suggest that probably Ayin Beis is where you see the most Rambam, because what he does in Ayin Beis, which is exactly why I felt it's the best thing to learn now, is exactly that. What does the Rambam do? So Rambam takes all of Shas, and all of the Rishenim and uh, before that, and all the Ge'enim and Rabban Savaroi and Ge'enim and uh, Rishenim before him. That's what he writes in Zagdama and makes it Mesudar in Hilchus and Halachas. Hilchus, he says that Teda. Hilchus, etc. Hilchus Shabbos, and so on. So the Rebbe Rashab and Ayim Beis does exactly the same thing. Obviously, Chassidus is not Halachas, not Shulchan Aruch with Sifim and all that. But he took all the Sugis of Chassidus. And that's an ayin beis. Every sugi you will ever learn, or will ever learn, from the Alter Rebbe all the way to the Rebbe Marash, including the Rebbe Rashaz Ma'amorim, an ayin beis you'll find it, and not just find it, you'll find it connected with the other sugis. Most people don't know this. So ayin beis is not just a long hemshach. Rebbe Rashaz didn't just come and uh, and connect uh, a bunch of things. He took all of chassidus and made it into a flow that mamish will connect. There's no sugi in chassidus that's not connected. So even though you say Rambam Chassidus, all the Ma'amorim that Rebbe Rashab does, does it, but Ayin Beis is boiled in a very obvious way. So really, from Ayin Beis you can get anywhere to Tanya, to Imre Bina, to the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedeks, uh, to wherever you go. I personally, doing research and, re- and learning it and so on, uh, marked up in my Ayin Beis almost all of Imre Bina, whole sefer of the Mitle Rebbe is an Ayin Beis, almost all of it, probably all of it, not in the same order. So what you see is that Ayin Beis becomes this, uh, like you could say, almost like um, catch-all of Gantz Chassidus. And uh, now obviously it takes a long time to learn all these pages. But nevertheless, because I did learn it a few times, I will, uh, the way I'll learn it is, that's why I think it's a good idea you guys learn it on your, at your pace. I'm not, you know, I rely that you learn it the Pshats. I'm not going to go necessarily have to learn every line, Pashat, Trutishal, and Yanim but rather give more of an overview of the Teichana and Yonim and also the connection. So it's more than just learning a page, but really showing how this page connects to the whole sugis and so on. Obviously, I'll learn inside, but uh, but I'll do it more, not so much for uh, Kamus, but more for Echus. And so the more you learn it, the better you learn it, the easier it'll be for me to, like, you know, so like, like what a good shir would be. You don't want the Bagad shir to, to say over what you learned already. You don't need the Taicha Pidush Amilus. But to give more emic uh, and a more of a skira and an overview of the whole thing, and really an overview how, you, how Ayin Beis explains Chassidus in a complete, like the Rebbe says, in the flois of Phil the flois of Samarvov. So Samarvov Chassidim called the most Yusaydis Dika Hemshech, and Ayin Beis the most tifs the Hemshech. And it is quite tif. If Chassidus is deep, this is a whole different level. There are places that you have to mamish, um, break your head. Um, uh, the Rebbe Rashab said when he learned that in the Harfen Kop, that's what the Rebbe Rashab said. So I guess if you learn this properly, you may become bold. Um, I don't know, but Gashmi's but Kalponim definitely psychologically. Uh, I'm not saying that's an Evan Abeichen of success. I'm just saying that's, what I know. Um, that's just an interesting uh, note. So with that said, um, obviously I wanted to just give this overview. It makes it a lot more of a schmacker. And um, let me see, did I cover everything? Yeah, I think I covered what I wanted to say here. Um, 
but there are like a stronger chavikus from the Rebbe Tanya base more than other parts of the When you see now the Maimonim the Rebbe delivered over the years, you see how much of Ayin Beis, probably more than any other chassidus, the Rebbe Chazos from Ayin Beis. Maimonim after Maimonim, I mean, Maimonim that we're even familiar For example, everybody knows Leitia Mishakel, right? Tovshin Yud Beis. Tovshin, yeah. Leitia Mishakel is Meyusid on Vayikro Ayin Hei. Vayikro and Sav Ayin Hei. About Aved Yitzhak Gaveya. So like one of the most sages that come out of the Rebbe is actually is Kibaytan Ayin Beis. And when you see Ayin Beis, you see the Chidushim of the Rebbe there. And I can go on and on. Many of my modem that you may be familiar with, even Mugadik and my modem, are based on Ayin Beis. Today we have it, so it's so it's it's uh, tzeichent. So what we're looking at, just to give you the the, the Tfusim, so Ayin Beis was printed first in Lamed Zion. The Rebbe has the Kail Yungalai to make a Mafteach that year, Lamed Zion. It was reprinted in, I said, Nun Aleph, Nun Beis, rather. This is, I think, a Nun Beis edition. It was reprinted a few times, and recently what you have is it was Marmikamis were added to the bottom. So you have more Marmikamis. The Prim is the same, but they compare it again. You always find mistakes here and there. So, um, But here, if you look, you'll see the pages of the volumes further are marked here because so many people of us learned it. Like if you look on page Beis, you see a Beis in the middle of nowhere. That base is the original base because the pages are different set up because of the Mar Mikamis. So these uh, these bold uh, letters tell you where. Did they? I think they may have. And there's a big uh, debate about it, to be honest, because some people said not to touch it. They may have added some paragraphs, which the Rebbe Rashab did not add. Um, but uh, like the volume here that I'm looking at is purely the, exactly how the Rebbe Rashab did it. So it's the Rebbe, there's Prokim and Kitsurim. The, the, the debate was because since the Rebbe Rashab himself made Prokim, so who has the right to go and make Prokim, you know, more. But for Leteo Salamit, fine, it's a technical matter. You know, uh, like in Tanya, nobody's going to go reprint a Tanya and make paragraphs out of it. I mean, original Tanya. You'll do it at a, a Tanya Muvueres or something like that. So I'm going to begin now from the beginning. Here we will learn inside. And uh, my, my goal really is that this should be not just a one-way street I'm teaching, but to be interactive. I'm going to make it try to be as relevant as possible. And uh, obviously, I'm, it's a true, uh, you know, I'm not going, this is not an uh, adaptation of I am Bayes. This is learning I am Bayes. But still, there's, there's learning and there's learning. And understand the central theme of it. Because here, of course, the big klotzkash is, why does the Rebbe Rashab need 1,400 pages to explain one Indian? I mean, you wanted to make different Maimorim. We have. We have Maimorim, Sefer, Maimorim, Tafresh, Mem Gimel, Mem Dalad, Mem Hei, Mem Vov. There are not. You know, you go through and there, there are Hemshechim, but they're usually short. Why does the Rebbe Rashab need to connect it? And I don't want to repeat what I've heard some people say. They say the Rebbe Rashab, was he showing Kunsen? They can connect the uh, Maimorim. Rebbe Rashab has to, has to show off. Has Rashab. So the, the word is that you have to say there's a tzrichasa. The Rebbe Rashab, as he connected the sugyas, he saw each sugya helps understand the previous sugya. And that's the real beauty of Ayin Beis that, that you'll not find anywhere. In Samach Vov, consists of 61 Maimorim. Ayin Beis consists of 144 Maimorim without the part three, which he only wrote. So it's like it's double Samach Vov, probably triple Samach Vov. So Samarvov is also a tzrichasef. You go if you, any of you ever learned Samarvov from beginning to end, from beginning to end, and you know the picture, you know exactly why each piece he wrote. 
Huh? Huh? Okay, but it's not so simple in Samarvov either, because Samarvov too, the Rebbe Rashab added later, the last Maimorim. In Ayim Beis, it all comes together. The difference between Samarvov and Ayim Beis, in that sense, the Samarvov does not cover all of Chassidus. It covers Yisaitis Dikas, Sugis. Ayim Beis covers everything. You'll find, as I said before, you'll find all of Chassidus in Ayim Beis. And that doesn't mean it repeats it. Obviously, uh, it's not it's not a duplicate. You're not, if you learn Ayim Beis, you don't have to learn all the Maimonim. But Ayim Beis is like a, almost a Bechal Masayimon in a way of many of the Sugis. So to begin with a short Tagdomit to the Teichnam, Hamshuk now. Um, I mentioned this last week when I gave the Tagdomit to this uh, Shir, that the real biggest question, of course, is what Chassidus came to accomplish. What did Chassidus come to contribute? And in different Maimorim, you have different Nyanim. Uh, you could say Chassidus came to teach us how to have Avaviyira, the Dovka Bayez Baruch. Chassidus teaches us Chachmas Alakus, understanding godliness, Dasa, Dasa, Lekea But in Ayim Beis, it becomes very clear something that is there in the Rebbe, Alta Rebbe's Maimorim, and all the Rebbeim, that it comes to teach us one word, Mamutza. The Mamutza, the, the, the interface, I'll use the word interface between a locus and existence, between a locus and welt. And the word in Hsidis for interface, the ultimate word for interface is not just mamutza, it's keser. So all, everything you've ever learned about keser, which always remains somewhat elusive, you know, we know keser is atik and arich, keser is tainug and rotzen. But even tainug and rotzen, explain tainug and rotzen, pleasure and will is what you always hear. So what does it mean, pleasure? When you eat a meal, you have pleasure. That's tainug of, of, of keser? Probably not, right? So what pleasure is it exactly? Pleasure when you learn teda? You know, what, what does pleasure mean? I want to just point out that a lot of words we use, if you start digging deeper, what does it mean? What means pleasure? God's pleasure. Okay. So God has pleasure and God has will, desire, keser, crown. What does all this mean? So you'll see throughout Hemshechayim Beis, right from the beginning, he goes right for it. He goes immediately to discuss what is Keser. That's how the whole Hemshech begins. And this will be a recurrent theme throughout the Hemshech. Keser keeps coming up again and again and again. Because Keser is in Kabbalah, when Darizal, Darizal comes to deal with, uh, with it is on the Mukabalim before that is. Keser is a big discussion. Any of you learn Vayelech Samachvav. So there's a whole machlek is there between the Ramak and the Rameh about Keser. Ima Keser hua Einsof. Is it ain't sof or not ain't sof? What difference does it make? Because the question is, if keser is ain't sof, so then how does it connect to the world, which is gvul? And keser is not ain't sof, how does it connect to the abish that it was ain't sof? So we have a dilemma here. Well, gvul and bleakvul don't meet. You know, as many gvulim as you have, it'll never become bleakvul. Trillion, trillion, trillion. Bleakvul is a different echos, a different status than gvul. So how do these two meet? How does the beta meet a nivra? They're, they're antithetical and the metric opposites in every possible way. There's nothing in common between the beta and the nivra, except that which the Ebishter implants. So the Mukabolim were debating where do they meet? Where can we meet the Lukus? With them? So there are different opinions. Usually, two people meet, let's say, uh, in, in Elam Hazi, you have Ishva uh, Isha, but they're both humans, so they may be different. They may be very different, but they're still both human beings. Two friends, two chaveri, a rav and a talmud. One may be uh, has more knowledge than the other, but they're still better zealous. Av and ben. I mean, wherever you go, relationship means some something is synonymous. 
You don't have a relationship. You don't have a relationship with the stone. Even though the stone is a nivra and you're a nivra. Why? There's nothing in common. The Kolshkin Vakalachemer, Elakus and Velt. So the Mukubalim, in understanding based on the Psukim and based on Tedesh of Keser is the answer to that. That Keser is a place where the two meet. But the problem is, in Keser itself, is Keser, if Keser is Ainsov, then it doesn't meet the Velt. And if it's not Ainsov, it doesn't meet Elakus. So how do you have both together? How can both be together? How can they both join <coughs> without annihilating one or the other? So there are Takamukobalim that say that the Kavana is that we should become bottled and lose your tzir of gvul and absorb Ainsov. So basically it's about Bitla Yesh and Bitl Mitsyas. And that way you can connect to the Abishta. We know Iliya Daita Vayisa, the Alta Debish Abishta told Meshrabainu, Layrainu Odam Vachai, nobody can see me and live. No, you can't have both. If you want elokus, you have to let go of yourself. If you want yourself, you can't have all of elokus. So there are mukabolim that say that's the ktachlis that you have to eliminate yourself, your ego, your personality, your identity. Other mukabolim go the other way, that we'll never really reach elokus. Elokus is loyerani adam v'chay. We can't t- touch real bligvul. The Ebrister gave us a reflection of elokus that we can reach there. So we really don't reach atzmos. We reach levels. That are higher than us, but so to speak. So these are two. Chassidus, however, rejects both and says no. Chassidus wants to have the best of both worlds, that mamish atmos and mamish nivre without us losing our tzir. But then you have the dilemma. I would say, in a nutshell, Ayim Beis comes, as all of Chassidus comes, to answer this dilemma. And that's why it's thousands, so many pages. Because it's not, you can't just answer it with one answer. You have to create a whole step, stepping stones of an interface that connects the nivra to the beta because they're so opposites. As I mentioned last week, if the Ebrister just said, be an Eved Elikim, which means just serve me, you don't need to understand me, you don't need to feel me, no Avas Hashem, no Yedias Hashem, okay, that's easy. Maisa Bepeil or Maisa Kof, you just do what God wants you to do and that's it. But that's not what the Ebrister wants, he wants a relationship. So how do you have the relationship? So there you have all of Chassidus. And Ayim Beis, in a way, distills it into one big structure of what are the stepping stones, how Yesh Chumri, like you and I, with all our Grabkeit and all our Hagbalas and all the things that define a Nivra, how could it in any way have a relationship with something that is so sublime and so edel and so ruchni and even beyond that to the highest, highest levels, all the way to the highest levels, Mamish and Atzimus itself. This is, without Chassidus, you have no answer to this question. With Chassidus, you still need to explain it. And Ayin Beis, if I were to sum up, that's what Ayin Beis comes to accomplish. As, as a reflection of all of Chassidus. Once you see it in Ayin Beis, I guarantee you, any Maimah you have ever learned, whether a, or a piece of Tanya, or Derek Mishosech, or a Maimah from, from any of the Rabbeim, or a Rebbe Rashab himself, you'll suddenly see how it's one little piece of this puzzle. But the puzzle is this connection, the Ahdus, the Agdus Habeda with with Velt. And and and, and uh, though we're not I see we're not gonna learn actually Mamish inside right now, but we'll do that next Thursday. But from the beginning, with this Agdomi, you'll see right away how the Rebbe Hashab goes right into it. You'll see after he starts Bishar Sheikh Dimu, talks about Koshulahem Shnake Sarim. Sarim. Then explains what Kesar is, three Pirushim in Kesar. And then he explains what Kesar is, and he says, Kesar is exactly what I just said, a mumutse. 
it's a rotsin because there's no connection between something with another thing unless there's a rotsin. If I don't have a desire to sit here and give this shit, there's no connection between us. Kavyocha by the Abishter, if he didn't have a rotsin for Velt, you have no, then there's no connection. So rotsin becomes the first, they'll call it like, uh, if you wish, that uh, uh, was the word I want to use, uh, not, I'm going to call landing page, but it's the first uh, spot, so to speak, where Elokus begins to relate to something that is uh, not Elokus in its pure form, is Nivroim Tachtein. So we'll stop here. This was the Agdama, but uh, I think this Agdama we covered. So what we'll do next week is I'm going to actually start learning it. Now, if you guys learn it, well, you should learn it. You can learn. I don't know what pace you go, but if you go whatever pace you go, you let me know. So I'll more or less try to cover the whatever you learned that week. And uh, as I said, both with more amic and more uh, connection to the whole picture. Okay, good. Everyone have a good... With this. <laughs>